Hello everyone, this is the Parks Academy where we discuss and celebrate all things theme parks related. We focus mainly on Disney parks and resorts in both Anaheim and Orlando. My name is Paige. My name is Steven. And today we will be discussing ways to save money on your Disney vacation. This is going to be a fun one because we have had, I think I say this is going to be a fun one about all of them, but I mean this about this one. Um, They're all fun. We have like so many of you probably gotten home from our Disney vacation and looked at our credit card bill and said, what have we done? Um, many times. Yeah. And, and, and this is like after we have booked the trip, booked our airfare, you know, paid for it. And this is just like when we're in the gates of the park, we will sometimes look back and be like, Oh, Oh no. Whoops. Oh, no. So We've hooked our credit card up to our magic band. We're swiping left and right without even thinking about it. Yeah, um, that's like the first unofficial tip is that even though money's not technically real, it's just a bunch of numbers on a machine at this point. It's, it's still super real. And uh, uh, foreclosures on your home is also real. So we're going to talk about 10 ways to save money on your Disney vacation. So we're going to start off with the first one, and this is Paige's brilliant idea that she had years ago, so she'll start. And this is going to be pay for your entire trip, like when you're in the parks, pay for everything on gift cards. And this is not talking about your hotels and your transportation. This is like anything that you would pay for in the parks, snacks, meals, souvenirs, all of that nonsense. Buy gift cards up front so you are giving yourself a budget ahead of time. And so I don't even remember what made me think about doing this. I was in Target one day and I said, why don't we get some gift cards? Um, We'll use our Target red card, get our 5% off, and we'll buy some Disney gift cards so that way we don't spend more than we're planning to spend on our trip. Yeah, There was a couple of caveats in that for me because the first time we did it was my first time going to Galaxy's Edge. And I essentially told you, like, I will not be held down by the constraints of these gift cards. So I had a couple of exceptions where I was able to, um, like, like for instance, when I went to Sobby's, like, that was a separate thing. Right. But everything else, it's like, yeah, you want those extra kyber crystals, you better pick the colors you really want and not go searching for that black kyber crystal and buy 20 red ones because you are on a budget. And then that's, it, it's helpful. It's like carrying, it's like carrying cash in your wallet kind of. Right. Where you know that you have a finite amount of money that you can actually spend. And once it's gone, it's gone. Exactly. Um, and keep in mind, like this doesn't have to be super rigid. Like if you see something that you really want and you're like, I can swing this, that's okay. If right. you do something, you know, but this is, this is more, I, I think of a way to just, keep yourself a little honest while you're there and to have a better idea of what you're spending. And also you've paid for it ahead of time. So you're not going to get that sticker shock when you go home and, and get your, you know, your, your statement and, and, or go online and, and <laughs> see that you have completely maxed out, you know, five credit cards. Exactly. So just to give an example of how you could do this, you can do this in several different ways we want you to maximize your productivity your financial situation but for us when it was just the two of us before we had kids the way that we would work this out is we would each get a gift card for souvenirs and so we would each have a hundred dollars to spend we could use that on whatever we wanted Stephen could get his kyber crystals and you know a t-shirt and whatever a pin and I would get, you know, a lounge fly and that's it because I would take up my whole gift card. But whatever you want to spend your $100 on, you each have a $100 souvenir gift card. Then we would each have a $100 snack gift card. And so if each day I wanted to get myself a coffee in the morning and then some sort of ice cream or treat in the afternoon, um, or if I wanted to get my Jack Jack cookie num num. So we would each have $100 for souvenirs and $100 for snacks. And then we would sit down and we would plan out all of our meals ahead of time for our sit down 
restaurant for our dining options and because we booked those in advance we pretty much knew an idea of how much we were going to be spending so if we had one fancy dinner planned and then two or three um, sit-down restaurants where we knew we could keep it cheap and skip out on the appetizers and desserts then we would be able to kind of figure out how much are we probably going to spend so the first time I think we got a $200 um, restaurant gift card mm. that we ended up using. And so for lunches, we always do QSR or quick service so we can keep that as cheap as we want. And then for dinners, we usually skipped out on, you know, the appetizers and desserts because we would use our snack gift card throughout the day. And then maybe we would get alcohol one or two nights that we were there. We weren't doing that every single dinner because we were really trying to stay within our our food budget. So Mm -hmm. to summarize, we'd each have a $100 souvenir gift card, a $100 snack gift card, and then we would budget our meals and figure out how much we thought we'd spend. And so... You can kind of use that however you want. You could get your kids each a gift card that they could use, you know, $100 for snacks and souvenirs or however much you want to budget for them to spend. But I feel like this is a good idea, too, because it's also teaching them kind of some responsibility and saying this is your gift card. You know, we'll hold on to it, but you have this amount that you can spend. So you have to be smart and you can't just buy every T-shirt that you like and every set of ears you like and every stuffed animal that you like. Um, And so it kind of helps to to give your kids an expectation and hopefully they don't throw a temper tantrum when when they see something and they really want it. Because you can just say, oh, this is how much you have left if you really want this. Um, so hopefully that's a helpful tip for families, but also for couples or even single folks who want to go to the park and try to keep themselves into this budget. Yeah, it's a great, it's definitely, um, definitely a great way to do it. Um, it could be frustrating at times because it's like, you know, I'm a, I'm a grown up and I can spend how much money I want at the parks, but it's, that's like for life. You got to be on a budget. Um, even if you have all the money in the world, you should still be on a budget, you know? So it's important for sure. And I think that's a good tip. Uh, the second one that we think is a great way to save money in uh, your Disney parks vacation is to uh, have groceries delivered to your room and to also, if you can, if it's within the budget, of course, uh, book a hotel that has some kind of a kitchenette. So then that way you can um, have breakfast at home you can or at your hotel, I guess, and just prepare a few meals there, have a fridge stocked up with things you need, um, snacks on the go, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if you have to take the kids back to relax, you know, maybe take a nap or swim for a little bit just to chill. Uh, it's nice to have groceries there, you know, in a little kitchenette. So then that way you can put together sandwiches. Um, if you want to, you know, have like just little like pre-made things or I don't know but but the point is it's it's a great way to to save a little bit of money and to not be weighed down by having to fork out five six dollars here and there for a snack or something like that for your kids while you're while you're at the parks well right because if you buy you know a loaf of bread and some peanut butter and jelly or some lunch meat you're feeding potentially your whole family for several days of your trip Um, whereas even going to a quick service in any of the parks, you're going to spend at least, you know, $25 or something um, by the time you get drinks and um, a bag of chips or something on the side. And so if you're really trying to be cost effective for several people, even if you only do one or two lunches back at your hotel for a family of four, that's really going to save you a ton of money in the long run. Um, and so trying to think smart about if you're not a breakfast family, maybe you just get some breakfast bars or Um, some cereal and milk to kind of hold you off so that you won't have to eat again until lunch instead of your kids getting hungry at 9 30 or 10 when you've been in the parks already for an hour or so Um, so just trying to be as smart as possible about saving money up front on food um, that's that's a big way to save when you're in the parks instead of just impulse buying because you're really hungry and you've been walking around so much yeah, so that's that's pretty straightforward on that one. Um, we don't do that one a lot right now, just because we know our we know our stomachs pretty well. Um, but with our daughter coming up, you know, we're probably going to have to start implementing a little bit more of that because we, um, 
you know, we're going to have to be a little bit more prepared, especially going back for naps and things like that. You know, right. To, we'll to have not... to go back to the hotel more during the day where we usually don't do that unless we're planning a half day in the park and a half right. day back at the hotel to swim or something. Yeah. So the next one, uh, tip number three for ways to save money when you're at a Disney park is one of my favorites. And I could totally spend an entire show just talking about this, but we will keep it condensed and talk about having an off day at the park. Or excuse me, having an off day at the property. So On you're property, at the parks, right. yeah, and you're and you're there hanging out, but you're not actually going through a gate. So this is maybe if you're staying for five days and you've got four days of ticket passes, maybe this is Wednesday or sometime in the middle, and you just do not go through gates that day, and you have an off day. And we definitely have a couple of tips and tricks that'll make it a lot of fun, um, and you know ways too that we can um, you can keep it pretty affordable. Do you want to? give a couple of your suggestions for that? Yeah. So I would first start with this one is probably a lot harder at Disneyland just because there's not as much to do on property other than downtown Disney. And so you're pretty much, this tip is most helpful for Walt Disney World. If I could briefly interject though. Yes. um, One tip for if you have an off day in Disneyland is typically you're going to bring your you're either going to have a rental car or bring your car because the transportation in Disneyland Resort is not to the caliber of what you would expect from Disney World. Right. So take your kids to Huntington Beach and go hang out like by the water or take them to Hollywood to see the sign or the Griffith Exorbit- um, Observatory or, you know, whatever. Like there's a lot of fun things to see right. in Los More Angeles. Right, more sightseeing. Yeah. So just go out and hang out at the beach for a while or something. Right. You know, you can go to downtown Disney or something, but um, there's still a lot to do in that area that is very close by. So right. let's talk about Disney World though, because I think right. that this is a little bit more of what we're thinking. Um, yeah. So if we're staying on property and not spending money, we're doing free things. A couple of those things that we would suggest would be Disney Springs. Um, that is a shopping, entertainment, um, restaurant hub. And so, sure, you could end up spending just as much money there as you would in the parks on food and souvenirs and all yeah. kinds of things. But walking around and taking in the entertainment and just kind of window shopping, you can spend some time doing that, breaking up your day. Um, still abiding by your budget, by planning out your meals or bringing your own snacks and things. Yeah, I would be weary of Disney Springs, though, because that is like a money trap. It's like the Venus flytrap fly of shopping. It so is. So be very careful. So that's just one suggestion because mm-hmm. there is a lot to see and do there. Now, the other ones are less likely for you to spend more money by staying on property. And one of those is Resort Hop. Yeah, we love this one. This we did when we went over the summer this year on our baby moon because we really had to break up this trip. It was hot and humid and I was very pregnant. So we needed to do things that were less strenuous where we could sit a decent amount. And so we just rode transportation from resort to resort to parks to just to get on another bus to yeah. go to a different resort just to go to Disney Springs to get on a different bus to a different resort to get on the Skyliner to get on a boat. I mean, we we had so much fun just resort hopping to see what the resorts were like, to check out some of the lobbies, to see some of the sites available at those resorts like at Animal Kingdom Lodge, we went and that was a the great animals. One. Yeah. There's just so much um that each resort has to offer. And so I would highly encourage you to just see what is available at the different resorts because it also might open your eyes to a new resort that you didn't think about. Um, So when we rode the Skyliner in July when we were on our baby moon, we rode over the Caribbean Beach Resort and that's actually where we're planning on staying on our next trip. And so there's all kinds of things that we didn't know that it had to offer. We had never really seen the layout before. And so now that we've seen it, we were like, oh, let's check that one out next time. Um, And so resort hopping, total win, total fun thing for you to kind of explore property. 
Yeah, and there's a, there's a ton of things that are, are really fun to do at resorts. Like, for instance, we talked about how we went to um, Animal Kingdom Lodge. And while we were there, you know, one of the really fun things that we got to do was just, uh, well, we got to sit on these big, beautiful rocking chairs and just look at the, uh, there's not a lot of animals. Like, it's not going to be the same experience as you may find in Kilimanjaro Safari. Right. But we saw some giraffes. We saw some antelopes. I think we saw a few zebras and stuff. We did. Yep. So we got to see a lot of the animals, and that was really, really fun to do. Um, another thing that's really fun is, you know, when you when you are resort hopping, especially with kids, um, definitely look for activities that are, you know, going to be kid-friendly. So there's some resorts where they have crafts. They have painting. There's some where they have, like, trivia where you just kind of hang out and do trivia. But one of my favorites to mention is if you go to Fort Wilderness, um, and a lot of resorts have movie screenings, but they actually have a fire pit and a big uh, screen outside where you can watch movies. And they also have a big sing-along with Chip and Dale there too, around the campfire. And for a very small price, I don't remember how much it costs, but it's very cheap. You can get little like s'mores kits and you can roast s'mores around the campfire with Chip and Dale and then have a movie. So that's like a really fun way to kind of end a day without having to exhaust yourself in the parks. And it's very Mm -hmm. relaxing. Um, Disney also, believe it or not, offers fishing for a very affordable price, too. Mm -hmm. So you can actually take your kids fishing. And that is sort of a fun new experience that, you know, maybe, you know, if, if you don't get an opportunity to do that much, that's something you can do. Um, so, yeah, I mean, those are definitely things that are that are really fun. And then another option, I think that if you're staying at your resort, um, just hang out at the pool. You know, that's a really fun, free thing to do. You're already mm-hmm. going to be there. And instead of hitting up a water park, just hang out at your pool and um, swim. I mean, kids can make up such fun games in the pool that Mm -hmm. that can be a complete day itself. And oftentimes, like, for instance, at at Coronado Springs, Mm -hmm. there's a really beautiful water slide that's so much fun to go down. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so much fun thing. There's so many fun things to do there. And then the final thing that I would say about having an off day is to just uh, hang out on the transportation. You, you mentioned that briefly, but, right. uh, you know, taking the buses kind of to and fro is fine, but you do a lot of that when you're at the parks, but take advantage of the monorail and just like ride it around and pop off at different resorts. And, mm-hmm. um, a really fun one to show your kids for sure is the contemporary. That's a lot of fun. You can try to get upstairs, you know, and, and get a good view of the castle and, and, and magic kingdom. Um, and then also the boat rides are great too. Like it's unbelievable how you can just walk up anywhere you want and pop on a boat and just ride it. You know, no questions asked. Well, right. And you can go over to the boardwalk area. We didn't even mention that. There's more shops and restaurants there and you can pop into the hotels over there. Um, I mean, even like people who are staying at the Swan and Dolphin, which are technically on property, but they're not Disney quote unquote resorts. Um, My parents love to stay there. That's where they stay. And there's even really nice pools there. So in terms of the swimming and the pools, Um, The Coronado Springs, which we actually stayed at in July, they also had the bonfire night and the s'mores kit. Mm -hmm. So you could go up um, and just roast some marshmallows and right out by the pool. So there's so many things to do without having to go into the parks that will save you a ton of money. And like we said, you can just make a sandwich in your room and, you know, go back up to the room and eat it and then come back down and swim for a while and get your kids um, to let out some energy in between park days. Yeah, and then the final thing I'll mention about this that I forgot, but you sp- you sparked my 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 memory when you said something about other resorts having the fire pits. Um, there's also some resorts that have grills, so if you do have food delivered, um, you know you could do like kebabs one night and just grill them out on the patio, have some brewskis, have your kids have some sodas, and just hang out. That's mm-hmm. so much fun. Um, and sometimes, depending on where you're staying, you can also catch a fireworks show from your property from where you're staying so um yeah tons to do in that regard but i'm going to move over to number four of things to do to save money in disney parks and that is going to be a total opposite of staying off property yeah so this one um we have stayed off property a handful of times we usually will stay off property um every time we go to disneyland just because there's only is it three yeah there's three three hotels um And so we have found one that we really love in Disneyland, and that is... 
what is the name of that hotel? I don't know. Maybe we it looks like a castle. We'll, yeah, I don't remember the name of it. It looks like a castle. But, uh, we could put it in show notes. That's we'll fine. put it in the show notes. But um, it is sort of like a quick five-minute drive. You have free transportation on a little shuttle, sort of like a van you would take from the airport to your hotel, basically. Um, and so there's free transportation to the parks. And that's what I would say is when you're looking for a hotel that's off-property, see if they do offer either for a small fee or for free um, transportation to the parks because that is one big perk with staying on property is that free transportation everywhere. Did you find it? Anaheim Majestic Garden Hotel. That's it. The Anaheim Majestic Garden Hotel. And this looks like an old castle, feels like very princessy, reminiscent. You can see the fireworks from the hotel um, we actually posted a picture on our story the other day on our Instagram page that we stayed there with our dog one time and took our dog to see the fireworks show and she was traumatized by it. But we were able to catch the fireworks show from our hotel. So um, yeah. staying off property, I was able to find a really good deal. There's so many websites out there like booking.com or Hopper or Expedia where you can try to find really good deals. Um, on hotels instead of going directly through the hotel itself. And so utilize your resources with coupons. And if you have some sort of account, like we have a booking.com account. We use it all the time when we book hotels. So I often end up getting a coupon for 10, 15, 20% off. And so we're able to find really good deals where we can save big on the hotel, which gives us then more money in our budget to spend in the parks. Yeah, my my, my only... Um... The only thing that I would say about that, though, is whatever hotel you're staying in, just make sure that it does have transportation to where you want to go uh, because parking can be really expensive every day if, if you have to pay for that. So um, definitely look for um, look for resorts or hotels nearby that do offer transportation. Okay, number five. The fifth way to save money on your Disney park vacation is to... Simply pack smart. Um, this one for me is a, uh, this one to me feels like a must because I, I used to be really against carrying any kind of bag or having any, anything weighing me down. Um, you know, I wanted to carry as little as possible when I was out and about doing things. And I'm, I'm definitely still that way, but in the parks nowadays, I, I really do see the value of making sure that you are packing everything you need to go without wearing like weighing yourself down too much again you know everything is about to change because we're going to be going with a baby and having a stroller and a diaper bag and just an immense amount of things that i never thought i would need in a park but i'm just going to give a little bit of uh, like a short little list of things that i would recommend bringing um if you're not dealing with an infant (laughs) uh because it's just easier that way so one of the first things that I always want to bring when I'm going to a park is my very own water bottle. Um, you can fill up a water bottle pretty much anywhere in Disney. And sometimes you can take it up to a like a, a quick service place or somewhere where they have water or like fountains um, and they'll fill it up for you. But listen, like, I mean, I fill mine up at a, at a, at a like a... Um, like a, a water fountain all the time. A regular old water but fountain. But here's yep. the thing too. Sometimes I'll go into the bathroom and just use the sink and fill it up that way. I know that sounds kind of gross, but like water's water. So anywhere <laughs> there's free yeah. water, um, you're and- saving potentially five to seven dollars every time you fill it. If you're buying those big giant Dasani water bottles, it yeah. saves you a ton of money. And and uh, yeah, and and when we went in July, which again was a mistake because of how hot it was, I think I filled up my water bottle probably two dozen times during the entire entirety of the day because we were just probably. blasting through water and sharing yep. that one bottle. Um, so I would definitely rem- recommend that. And if you have a, a larger family, um, you know, bring bring multiple and kind of divvy them up between people who are who are packing bags. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I think is really important to have on your person is an extra poncho now in california forget it you don't need an extra poncho but when you're in florida man those hot thunderstorms are (laughs) they're the pits um (laughs) i knew exactly what you were gonna say when you were about to say the pits (laughs) yeah so 
It, yeah, bring a poncho. I don't. I mean, we've. I've been caught in the rain literally in Animal Kingdom and in the China Pavilion at Epcot every time, and it just <laughs> sucks, man. Like, I don't want that. You don't want to be soggy for the rest of your day, and it's inevitable that a thunderstorm is going to roll through sometime in the afternoon, and then it'll probably disappear. But sometimes the parks will legitimately get inches of water yeah. in a couple hours and flood. And so the poncho trick, you can go on whatever website you like to shop from. You can go to the store and pick one up. You can find like a five pack of these online for like $10. One poncho in Disney World is going to run you from 10 to $12, yeah. depending on if it's kid or adult size, whereas you can get a five-pack online for 12 bucks. And so yeah. if you've got a family, buy a cheap pack of ponchos. If you want a cute one, you can find Minnie or Mickey-themed ponchos online ahead of time and bring those with you. But if you're looking to save a dollar, go online and buy a pack of these. It's the same that you'd pay for just one poncho in the parks itself. Another good thing to pack if you can is like a little fan. Um, that was a lifesaver for me yeah. in July. Uh, so we ended up bringing one for you mm-hmm. um, that we got at a baseball game, and I made you put a sticker on it because I didn't like the team <laughs> <laughs> that it was for. I'm not going to say who it is because I don't want to make enemies. Um, <laughs> but there's also those little fans you can get online that go around your neck, mm-hmm. and then they just kind of sit around your neck like uh, or like early aughts Bluetooths and just look. They look silly, but they work. They do. So work. that's an option. Um, another thing we like to bring too is snacks. Mm-hmm. So I am, and I'm not like necessarily endorsing any brand that I'm saying. Um, you know, do your own research. But I personally like to bring Cliff bars. Um, I like to pack a couple of them and just toss them in a bag and have them on the ready. So if I'm really hungry and I'm like, oh man, you know that Mickey pretzel is going to be bomb right now. Um, I can just have a cliff bar instead and feel better about myself and have saved money. Right. Um, yeah. So snacks are great. Even, especially when you have little kids too, like, you know, little, uh, party packs of goldfish or Or those little apple juice pouches or things. You know, there's lots of different snacks that are portable and that aren't going to go bad from sitting in your bag for a few hours. Um, Also, bring a phone charger. Um, You know, not... Like a portable one. Yeah, yeah. Like a a portable one that, that can maybe charge your phone up to five times or something. Um, You know, it's... it's, uh, Some people, you know, they may have a newer phone that the battery lasts a lot longer. But if you are, you know, holding court on your trip and kind of leading the way... Um, or let's face it, if you have those, those terrible, terrible children who are on their phones all the time, um, you're going to blow through battery, even if you have a brand new phone that does hold a pretty good charge. So just make sure you have one of those. And then, you know, that way you don't have to buy one at Disney and just get, you know, um, um, get, uh, kind of ripped off by the price. The other thing that I would recommend that you bring too, especially if you have kids is, um, don't forget to bring your own autograph book and pen. Because while it's really, really fun to have, you know, a Disney branded one and listen, like no, no judgment for my, for my end. If you want to go get a 2022 Disneyland or Disney World autograph book that has Mickey and and pals on it and get like, you know, a pen that is, that is, um, themed as well like god bless you go go live your truth and get that but if if you are not as interested in having to buy those especially if you have multiple kids i would recommend you know maybe bringing your own or finding something online that is like a little notebook that is disney themed or something like that right you can you can always save a couple bucks and those few dollars here and there really add up one thing i wanted to add Um, with the fan and the portable charger is they do have those portable charger kiosks in the parks Um, but I think they run you at about $30 to rent those things so if you have one ahead of time like Steven said that can do up to five charges um, if you're using your phone a lot in the park to check wait times or to navigate how to get to certain rides or to see what what's going on in another park if you have a park hopper and you're looking to switch over um, or to get reservations for things I mean you could be potentially on your phone a lot during the day in the park 
taking photos, um, linking up with PhotoPass. There's so many reasons you could be on it. You want to make sure that you have that phone charger just in case without having to pay the money to go to a kiosk or to run back to your hotel and to charge your phone for a little bit because then time is money when yep. you're when you're coming to that point. Um, and those fans, they also make the ones that clip onto strollers that sort of have like those bendy tripod kind of legs. Right. And so if you have little ones, you can get one of those fans ahead of time and attach that because um, you can always just hold it on yourself too if you need to take a little break. So just some little thoughts about how to multi-purpose some items to help the whole family out. Um, but just to save you a couple bucks ahead of time, because these are things you can use at home when you're going on a walk on a hot day, if you want that clip-on fan, or if you go to another theme park or to a baseball game or into the city for a right. day trip, you can use that portable charger again. So this is not yep. stuff you're just spending for your Disney trip. These are things that you can use outside of that as well. And so you're doing yourself a favor in the future and only buying it one time. Yeah. The, the final thing that I'll say about packing smart is um, I will give away our OPSEC about uh, what we like to, what we like to wear. Paige has recently at one point Paige was super anti lounge fly and then she got her hands on one, and now she has like three or four. So yeah, I cape. They're so, <laughs> so cute. So she, Paige, likes to have a lounge fly with her, which I'm just gonna be honest is not the most functional bag to have when you're at the park because they're kind of small. That is a personal opinion. No, no, no. It's it's not a personal opinion. It's a fact. They're kind of small. Um, I know I said I'm not really endorsing anything, but I'm gonna, I'm, and I'm not getting paid by Adidas. But if they want to pay me, they can. Uh, I carry with me the Adidas Alliance Two. And it is such a great bag. It has, uh, it's just like a sling bag, but it's a little, it's heavier duty. It's got a front mm-hmm. pocket that has my uh, Droid Depot pin on the front of it, proudly. Mm-hmm. Um, it has two little side pockets for water bottles. Mm-hmm. And then there's plenty of space in the pouch to uh, carry stuff. So I'll link that in the show notes as well. So if you want to buy one, you know, you can get it. But that's that's personally my favorite bag to have with me in the park. Um it's super lightweight, and uh, I don't need to sing its praises too much, but it's a great bag. Yeah, and I do like the lounge flies. Um, some of the lounge flies can hold your ears if you like to wear ears or buy them and carry them with you. So that is pretty functional, and it has the smaller pouch in the front on most of them and then the bigger pouch on the inside, which I actually found holds pretty much everything I need. It held all, both of our ponchos. It held my water bottle, my ears, my wallet, our gift cards, everything that we carried my fan was in there um and so it was very very functional but sometimes if we're going a little lighter like if it's not going to be as hot and I don't need some of those things or if there's no chance of rain I'll just bring a fanny pack too and that can really save because then I'm not having to put my bag on and off when we get on rides I'm just kind of leaving it and everyone has their opinions about fanny packs if you don't like fanny packs or you think they're outdated whatever they're functional so yeah i like them having a smaller bag is kind of like the man who has the fewest keys on his ring it's like the lighter the less you have the lighter you pack the happier you are happier you are and then you don't buy as much because you can't fit it in your bag so anyway that's what we like to carry i'm gonna jump into number six uh the sixth thing that that we recommend to save money in disney is to uh use your own camera for photos uh, or your phone camera, your camera phone. You can phone. use your own camera. Sometimes you bring your camera in the park. Sometimes, yeah. But but what I but, mean to say is... But the hack if, is use your own cell phone. Yeah, right. Um, <clears throat> what I mean to say is, you know, you see all these all the people who are in line for PhotoPass uh, sticking their hands out like crazy people, um, you know, to hold something that isn't there or, you know, <laughs> pointing at something in the air. Um, you can still get in those lines even if you don't have PhotoPass and you can have the cast member take a photo for you. They'll be gracious to do so. They will not give you any flack for not, you know, using their system. They'll probably still take a picture of you with their fancy cameras. Um, and, uh, but you know, in your heart that you're not going to spend the money like 200 plus dollars to get the PhotoPass. So I don't really need to stick around on this one too much. It's pretty self-explanatory, right. but you don't, you can still get the photos, the fun ones. If you, um, um, if you, uh, you know, if you don't have PhotoPass, you're not going to get, you know, like Tinkerbell sitting in your hand. 
But if you still want to post for that one and know a kid who's a wizard Photoshop, you know, maybe you could make it happen. So <laughs> the only thing I will add to this one is if you are here for your first time, if you're here for a big family get together, if you're here for a run Disney event and you're going to be going to every park plus these special things, PhotoPass can be very worth it. And we've actually purchased PhotoPass several times. Um, I purchased it with my friends when we all went with a group and we each pitched in for it. My parents have bought it before. Steven and I have gotten it twice on two different trips that we went. Um, and so sometimes you get some really, really good PhotoPass pictures and you just build that into your budget. But most of the time you can get really good shots other other ways and on your phone you're going to get plenty of good shots so just keep that in mind remember it's all about what you want to prioritize if you really want these good photos from your first trip or from your big family trip go for the photo pass and save in other areas but if you can pass on excuse me pass on it you've been to disney several other times um then you can kind of save in this area and spend that money elsewhere well said Okay, number seven, the seventh thing, uh, seventh way to save money in Disney parks is to simply uh, eat smart or plan your dining well. Um, So, you know, obviously, I I personally would not want to just pack a sandwich every time I go to a park. Like I'm in Disney and half the fun for me is getting to try all the good food. So if I'm just having like a turkey and, you know, turkey and cheddar, like that's going to bum me out a little bit and I'm going to wish I had lunch. So if you don't want to pack your lunches or go back to your resort to, you know, eat what you brought or even have groceries delivered, um, you can still eat in the park and eat at different places relatively uh, cheaply. So, you know, for instance, there's a lot of QSR options where you can just walk up, get something pretty quick. Um, if you don't really have a big appetite, you can share foods. Um, you know, you do not have to always flip for that nice sit-down restaurant experience. You can do quick service for dinner. You can do it for lunch. Um, you know, I mean, there's so many di- – you can snack for lunch and, like, go get different kinds of, like, pretzels and corn dogs and stuff or, God forbid, a turkey leg if you feel so inclined. Um, but uh, – yeah, you you really um, you don't you can still eat in the park and not bleed yourself dry financially. I think. Well, yeah, and this for some people, the food is the priority when they go to Disney. I Guilty, know, I know for, for sure. you that that's a big thing. For me, depending on the time of year, depending on how long of a day we have, if it is summertime and we are in Walt Disney World and it is hot and humid. I don't need to eat a big lunch. I need to have enough nourishment and enough to drink that I'm staying hydrated and that I have enough energy to keep going. But I can't pig out for lunch and for dinner. So I would be fine to just have a Mickey pretzel for lunch and then have a little snack around three o'clock and then we sit down for a dinner or we even just go to a QSR and sit outside at a table in whatever park we're in. So you can really try to think through like, what are your priorities? If you really care about the food, if that's your big thing, maybe you don't care as much about souvenirs or attractions and trying to get on as many things as possible, then this is where you're willing to spend a little bit more. But if you are trying to save money here and there, Don't do a sit-down restaurant every day. Don't even do it any of the days. Maybe you sit down at a nice dining experience one night and that's your big spender night. And then the other nights you just grab QSR. The other good thing about QSR is you're not all having to eat the same thing. Right. Which sometimes Steven and I do not like the same types of foods or we're not in the mood for the same types of foods. So, for example, when we go to Disneyland, I usually go to the Pacific Wharf Cafe and Steven likes to go get some Mexican food for lunch. And so when you do QSR, you have the flexibility to do that instead of spending more money at one place that you might not both or all want to eat if you're in a group. Maybe your kids just want chicken tenders, then don't 
make them all pick from the same restaurant you're going to where you're going to spend more money. Just grab them chicken tenders from one place and you go get what you want from another place. And that could save you a couple bucks here and there. Yeah. And then the only other thing too is um, if you do want to really you know treat yourself one night and enjoy a bunch of good food, uh, look for those family style, all you care to enjoy restaurants, because that's really where you're going to get the bang for your buck on that. You do have to pay per head. So don't think you're going to sneak in, you know, with uh, three kids in a trench coat and and not pay for very many people. Right. But um, it's still a really good deal. So, you know, look for deals. Again, Paige is right. Kind of just figure out like what your priorities are and then go that direction. Um, for me, again, like priority for me is totally food. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, I'm willing to kind of make that work. Um, but I'll totally dig into my souvenir gift card uh, for snacks. Like that's no problem for me. Right. And I usually end up using my snack gift card a little bit for souvenirs. So it it works out. You just have to figure out what you want to spend your money on. We're not here to tell you how to spend your money or what to spend it on. We're just giving you some tips and advice on how we like to do it and how we save a couple bucks here and there. The eighth way to save money in your Disney park vacation is to bring souvenirs ahead of time for your kids or for yourself. So what I mean by this is if you, if, you know, little Johnny loves uh, Mickey Mouse and, and they're just like so excited to get there and to have all their Mickey Mouse gear on, um, you know, buy like a new shirt or a new sweatshirt or get, um, you know, a brand new fun towel for the pool, you know, like find, you can totally find ways to hype up your kids for your trip, um, by getting, you know, a couple of things that are going to be really exciting and fun, uh, without having to, you know, have them get this, this overwhelming shoppers anxiety in the world of Disney pointing out every little thing they want that's going to cost, you know, 30, 40 bucks plus for like a t-shirt or a sweatshirt for a kid. Yeah. And you mentioned earlier about the autograph book and the pen, all of those little things that can add up while you're in the parks. Try to do some of that heavy lifting on the front end. Um, Even if you want branded Disney things, like it's so easy to walk through, like Stephen said, the world of Disney or any of the stores on Main Street and be like, oh, I absolutely have to have that. Well, if you could bring something ahead of time, like a pin lanyard, mm-hmm. if you're planning on buying pins, don't go and buy a lanyard from that's from one of the stores to just display your pins and wear around. You can get a cheap lanyard at home. Or what I like to do is I bought a really cheap banner on Etsy that I have hanging up in my office at home and I display all of my pins on there. And so when I'm in the park, I actually don't carry them all on a Disney lanyard. I carry them on the free lanyard I got from when we stayed in Disneyland a couple years ago. And so instead of paying for a new lanyard and displaying them all at home that way, I hang them on this cheap little banner that I got um, that was only like $5, I think. And then I use the free lanyard that I have. Or you can use, you know, an old work lanyard that you have or from some conference you went to. Whatever you have um, to display your pins and carry them around in the park. All of that stuff ahead of time, if you bring what you have with you, you're not going to be so inclined to pay for that in the park. Yeah, and that could be the same thing for, you know, again, like getting your kids excited about going, you know, getting them like maybe um, if you can find like a Disney branded suitcase or something at like a TJ Maxx or um like a, like a Marshall's or a Target or Walmart or whatever. Um, those are great ways, again, to kind of just like get your kids ready and excited uh, without having to, you know, bust up your arm and leg, having to buy all this stuff when you get there. Same for like stuffed animals or whatever. You know, they can have a little buddy on the plane and, and the car ride there and just be excited about it and, uh, you know, just kind of have something ahead of time. And, um, you know, also, again, it just it, it will save you a little bit of money, um, but also, you know, Make sure your kids get something nice too. Like don't, and if you can, 
you know, get your kids something nice. Well, and if your kid's going to get souvenirs at the park anyway, if you could tell them, oh, you already have that stuffed animal or you already have a Mickey Mouse T-shirt. Why don't we try to look for something you don't have, like a pair of ears or something special? Then they're not going to be begging and asking Mm -hmm. for all of the same things because you already got them one or two special things leading up to your trip. And again, this is not for everybody. Not everyone can afford to buy souvenirs every time they go. So when you can, um, save a couple bucks and prioritize. Um, if you've got kids and you're bringing them and you want to get them excited, you don't even have to buy them stuff. Right. You can just hype them up and tell them about all the fun things that they'll do. Um, but kind of prepping them for what the experience is going to be like. If you can afford to get them one or two things that'll get them excited for their trip and make them feel like they're already decked out in mm-hmm. Disney stuff going to Disney in the airport, they're going to feel you know, really excited and special about that. Yeah. The final note on that note on that too is, um, if you are, you know, when you do get your kids something, which like, let's face it, even if it's a small little souvenir, you're probably going to end up taking something home. Um, don't get in on the first day. Don't do that. Wait until like the next to last or the last day to get what you're looking for. Because even if you have to go back to the world of Disney to find that one thing, um, you don't want to like get that one souvenir and then, or whatever you're looking at and then be like, oh, shoot, I really wanted this instead, but too bad I spent my gift card or, you know, I got this or that. Well, so right. anyway, OK, uh, the ninth way to save money in Disney parks is to pay a lot of attention to the busy season. So this can be anything from the park's capacity, you know, how long wait times are going to be, how long you're going to, you know, if you're going to be completely like waiting in these insane, even security lines to even get into the park or long, you know, ride times. Um, Cause again, time is money in Disney. Um, but also, you know, look for resort deals and savings. A lot of times you'll get, you know, deals where you can uh, stay a certain amount of nights and get one night, you know, for a discounted rate, or they just have certain specials going on. Um, similarly, uh, this sounds a little counterintuitive, but the more days you spend in the park, the cheaper it becomes per day. Mm-hmm. It can still add up, of course, but you know, think about it that way as well. Um, and then also, you know, another thing to think about that, that may be overlooked a little bit is, um, and again, this is really only applicable if you're flying to any Disney park, but also, you know, be aware of, of flight, um, like busy peak times and flying because if you decide you're going to take your kids for um if you if you're going to take your kids for christmas like you know that's going to be really expensive for travel so just be aware of busy seasons and you know what it's going to cost to get there and how much time you're going to have to you know spend once you're there to wait and resort prices hiking up and all that kind of stuff Yeah, and a couple tips. Um, I know these are kind of common knowledge things, but not everyone might know them, is when you're flying, check for flights, um, you know, a good bit of time ahead of your trip, you know, at least four weeks or a month or something ahead of time. It's usually cheaper to fly on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Look for those early morning flights or the late in the evening flights because those can be cheaper. And then I said it earlier, but time is money. So if you do plan on taking your family or you and your spouse or your significant other are going around Christmas time or right after Christmas, you're going to be waiting in line forever in the parks and you're going to be, it's going to be hard to get into restaurants. It's going to be really busy. So think about the quality of your trip um, and how much time you're going to be spending waiting and being in crowds in terms of how much is that experience worth if you can find a time where it will be less crowded for you to go if you can push your trip to the beginning of january or if you can push your trip to right um during spring break when maybe your spring break falls later or earlier than most of the other spring breaks depending on you know your kids school schedule and those kinds of things so obviously when you're working around vacation times and school schedules for families it's hard to just up and go to Disney World or Disneyland whenever you want. But if you have the flexibility to go on a time that would be a little less busy, um, see if you can try to save a decent amount of money by doing that. Because resorts are usually cheaper. Traveling by plane is usually cheaper. 
Um, gas money is usually cheaper in the off season when it's not summer or peak times for travel. So supply and demand, just keep that in mind when you're traveling. It's not just about the wait times. It's also about all of the money it takes to travel to get there. The 10th and final, final way to save money on your Disney park vacation is, um, set your budget. Simple as that. Set a budget, know what you want to spend and stick to it. So, if you, you know, only want to do 50 bucks per person on souvenirs, great. If you have more than $50 to spend per person on souvenirs, fantastic. Just know your budget and try to stick to it if you can. And if you are looking to, you know, to save money. Um, it's just, you know, this is like a good lesson in life too. Um, you know, just to kind of know what you have to spend what you're willing to spend and stick with it. You know, don't go into Disney blindly thinking that, you know, it's going to be, um, it's just going to be like a free for all you know, of like whatever we want to do, we're going to do it. Um, because like we said in the beginning, just to sort of wrap it all up, that does come back to roost, especially when you are putting things, you know, on your magic band connected to your debit card or whatever. I mean, it, it can get really expensive really fast. So if you are, looking to keep things, you know, tight and on your budget, then definitely know what you're going to spend before you go. And I think the biggest thing is do your research ahead of time on some of the costs and budgeting items that you want to focus on. Hopefully this episode was able to help you think about some things that you might not have thought about um, doing ahead of time or planning for your trip. But most people end up once hotels and travel and everything is said and done, it's usually at least $3,000 for a trip to Walt Disney World. So it is a big expense for a lot of people. Um, and so just keep that in mind as you're planning. You can do a value resort. You can do a deluxe resort. You can go to four parks. You can go to two parks. Make the trip what you want it to be for your family and for your experience and cut costs where you can to try to give yourself the opportunity to prioritize the things that matter to you, whether that's food or attractions or staying at a nice resort so that you can take some days off and go swimming for free, um, save money on groceries, buy a couple things ahead of time, but really try to utilize um, some of these systems that we've recommended and put in place to help you save save some money on your trip so you can make it an enjoyable experience and not have to worry about how much was on my credit card bill when I get home. Yeah, because then you're going to end up like one of those dads walking around Disney saying like, you know, broke or most expensive trip ever. Yeah. Um, and I will never be that dad. <laughs> okay, well, that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, we appreciate everyone who listens, who has connected with us online, who's given us kind words about the show. Thank you so much. You can find us on Instagram at the Parks Academy. Uh, I think it's the Parks Academy pod on Instagram. Is it? No, it's just the Parks Academy. Ah, it's just the Parks Academy, but you can find our website at theparksacademypod.com. There you go. If you feel so inclined, you can support the show on Patreon. Uh, you can find us there at the uh, Parks Academy as well. Um, we do bonus shows. We release shows early, and uh, we also have a little community over there that we're excited about. And then finally, if you feel so inclined and are able to or want to, uh, we would love it if you would uh, kindly give us a good rating on you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, wherever you're listening to this podcast. Uh, that would mean a whole lot. And uh, you know, as, as they say on um, YouTube, it really helps out with uh, the ratings and algorithm and whatnot. So again, thank you so much. We appreciate it. And we look forward to talking to you next week. We'll catch you next time. 